I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Well, my journey has been more recently, especially 2023, is to train and equip this next generation, not only in the Word of God and teaching them the precepts of the Word of God, but also by example specifically in the arena of prayer. And as you know, Pastor Walter, that prayer opens up the door for God to work. But the uh, generations that are rising in our region, they basically do not understand the power of prayer, what prayer produces. And so it's been my um, assignment to teach them how to pray. Not only that, but to get the leaders to get on board with teaching the rising generations how to pray. And what I've learned is that it's not just teaching the word of God, it's showing them how to pray. So praying the word of God, praying the scriptures, praying in the Holy Ghost, using the name of Jesus. And that's something that the rising generations do not, have not really seen or heard. So that's really where I'm at. Um, I just came out of Princeton, New Jersey. We did a conference there with some leaders. And then more recently, I was just in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was in Bible school. And it was quite interesting because, again, it was the same thing. Lord, teach us to pray. And it was not only to the leaders, but the burden is also to teach the rising generations how to pray and as you know, whatever happens at the top filters down to the congregation or the people that we're mentoring. So if the leaders don't know and understand precept and example how to pray, their people that are in their churches aren't going to understand how to pray. So that's really where I'm at. It's kind of a twofold thing, teaching yeah. the leaders, but also teaching the rising generations how to pray. Oh, that's awesome. So, like, give us an example. For example, if there's someone out there who's just maybe younger in the faith or they don't really have a prayer life, right? So how would you instruct them to begin the that discipline or what I call the muscle to start praying? Like, what would be some practical tidbits that can help someone out there in their journey of developing a prayer life? Well, I did write a book called Encounter God Through Prayer, and it's a very basic book. Um And in the book, I teach them, first of all, the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So first of all, we have to understand the character and the nature of God. Who is he? You know, there's many things we could say right now. We don't have the time, but he hears us when we pray. He's a God of love. He's not going to reject you. He's actually knocking at the door of your heart. He wants you to open up your heart, let him in. He wants to have fellowship with you. So I teach people basically know the heart of God, know the character of God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you always. He's listening. His eyes are open. His ears are attentive. So after that, I just teach people, the young people, especially like begin with 15 minutes. 
you know, find a, a spot in your house. It might be a chair, a corner in your house, a closet. I began to learn how to pray by going into a literal closet, according to Matthew 6. Um, wherever it is, go into your spot and make that your intention that I'm going to pray to you, Jesus. I'm going to shut off my mind, hook myself up to the inside, and this is my 15 minutes with you. Pastor mm. Walter, I don't say, you know, Jesus said, could you not watch one hour? But we live in a time and a season where we've got to begin where we are. Mm. Begin with 15 minutes, right? Yeah. Teach people to pray 15 minutes, devotional time for 15 minutes, prayer, devotional, set your heart and your intention to seek him 15 minutes. And the more we seek him, the more we'll find him, the more we'll desire him, the more we'll develop a, a craving for prayer. Like you said, it's a muscle. Well, it, I work out a lot, probably like you do and your wife does. So I work out. So when I work out, especially in the beginning, back in the day, I would start out by getting on the treadmill for a few minutes. And from there, I go forward and lifting weights and you know, so on and so forth. It's prayers the same way. You begin where you are. If you can only give yourself over to God and seek him and understand that this is actually working, I'm actually fellowshipping with an unseen God, start with 15 minutes. And after a while, it will, it will graduate into 20 minutes, then 25 minutes. And then you'll have such a craving for God, a craving for his presence you'll want to be in his presence more than just that allotted time. Sure, sure. Now, do you find yourself, even in that secret place, um, do you find like your prayer time is, all, do, you, do you incorporate reading the scriptures or is it, that's kind of a separate time? I'm just curious in how you process. Or you I think for me, because I'm more mature and developed in the things of God and the things of the spirit, I can just jump right in. What I do is I start praying in tongues. I put on worship music. I enter in with thanksgiving and praise. I shut my mind up. I hook myself up to the inside. You know, I mean, sometimes there's a lot of distractions, especially if I've been on my phone a lot. I find that my phone actually has developed some kind of ADD. Mm -hmm. So I find I have to stop what's ever going on in my head. And it takes me however amount of time to get into the presence of God. But what I'm finding with the young people is they don't even know anything. So I feel like we just need to say to them, read a scripture, read a devotional, and then read a scripture, use a scripture as a prayer, and then pray in the Holy Ghost or worship God with whatever song you may have awakened with that morning. I don't know if that's happened to any of you, but have you ever noticed that sometimes those of you that are listening, you wake up in the morning and you have a song in your heart? Yeah. Well, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit pointing you to Jesus, keeping your relationship with Jesus fresh because Good. the Bible says he will testify of me. He will take the things of mine and show it unto you. Yeah. So what I learned when I wake up with a song in my heart, I learned that's the Holy Spirit and that's my daily bread. And I need to take that song and use that in my devotional time. And that's what keeps your relationship and your walk with God fresh, especially in the place of, of an intimate time with Jesus or your alone time with Jesus. Yeah, now that's so good because that, that, that has happened to me. You wake up and all of a sudden there's a tune in your heart. 
you start singing it, you know, whether you go in the shower or something like that. But I agree, taking that with you and letting that be the foundational block as you approach God for that day. Um, it's powerful. Um, and talk, let's go further along this conversation in terms of for those who have a prayer life or who have the, the gift of the spirit, the gift of tongues, you know, as a spiritual language, what would you say to those how to use that tool effectively in your prayer life? What have you seen in your in your seasoning, in your development as a minister, how tongues is so powerful as a weapon of, of prayer? I mean, that people don't understand that's probably the most important gift you have. I mean, more more than praying and understanding. Because sometimes this noggin is it's so filled with stuff that the spirit, the spiritual gift of tongues is such a weapon. So Right. I mean, most people I've learned what the season that we're in right now in the church where the church is, they don't understand what tongues is for. But Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit. I think I forget the amount of times, uh, multiple times throughout his uh, earthly walk about the Holy Spirit, when he comes, what his ministry is going to be. But when the day of Pentecost had fully come, he said, the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with tongues. So the, the initial outpour of the Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about over and over and over and over, the very first manifestation of his coming was they spoke with tongues, Pastor Walter. And I find that people don't really understand what tongues is, what it means. But the praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues is when you're doing that, you're speaking the language of heaven. You're going beyond this natural realm of the earth language or Spanish or Portuguese or English or Italian, whatever. And you're going into the language of heaven. Yeah. And the Bible says that when a person speaks in an unknown tongue, he doesn't speak to people. He speaks unto God. And the Bible says, how be it in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You're speaking the language of heaven. And the Bible says he understands you. So a lot of times I feel like the rising generations, they don't really understand the power and the purpose of praying in tongues. Well, when you pray in tongues, you're speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery. When you speak in tongues, you don't know what to pray about a situation. But my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, with the wisdom of God, knows exactly how to pray for that situation. So we pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, our mind will say, well, I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, that's biblical. Correct. Because when you pray in tongues, you don't understand what you're saying. Yes, but God understands you. He that searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession according to what? The will of God. So when you're praying in tongues, you're praying in the spirit, you're praying according to the scriptures. You're praying according to the will of God. And what does the Bible say? It's always about the Bible, right? Pastor Walter, you yeah. preach the Bible, it's all about the Bible. The Bible says that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us mm -hmm. and we know not maybe not hope so but we know that we have the petitions we desire of him so when we pray in the holy spirit we're praying according to the will of god right. and this is the beauty of praying in the holy ghost we're praying beyond our natural knowledge we're praying beyond the circumstances 
We're praying beyond anything we know, even about our future. Come on. No matter what, the Holy Spirit knows everything. Come on. Past, present, and future. So when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we can have confidence that when we're praying in tongues, we're praying according to his will, his purpose, his government, what he desires to be manifested, not only in our personal lives or in the lives of our families, but in, if we're high level intercessors in our nation, in yeah. our region, in our church. So I love praying in tongues. I have multiple teacher, teachings on the power of praying in the Holy Ghost. And I just think that we've neglected this gift. I believe that we've neglected the power and the purpose of praying in tongues because people don't understand it. But just remember, those of you that are listening, you're not going to understand what you're saying. But again, I'm going to say, because it's coming up in my spirit, he that searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit. You're making intercession or you're praying according to the will of God. Yeah. You're playing, praying his plans, his purposes, his destiny, even for your own life or on the behalf of the lives of your children or your grandchildren. You just have, we just have to trust the Holy Spirit. We have to trust that the greater one is in us, God, the Holy Ghost. You know, things we don't understand, we can trust the Holy Ghost. Right. And, and I don't know, Pastor Walter, I think you're like me. Like, sometimes I don't know how to pray about things. Yeah. I don't know what my future holds. You know my story. I don't know what's coming up, up the road, but the Holy Spirit knows everything. That's right. So if I say, Holy Spirit, if I write on a piece of paper, right, and I say, this is, this is an Italian thing. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, if I say, Lord, whatever, I write something out, I don't pray in my natural language. I'll pray certain generic scriptures. Lord, you know, you know the plans you have for me, plans to prosper me, not harm me, to give me hope in the future. But after I know everything to pray in English, even, uh, even for our kids, after all that, write the scriptures down, find that scripture that meets the need, present it before the throne of God. You don't pray the problem over and over and over. You pray the answer. So what about right. right? After that, pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, it's uh, like a ceiling. Yeah. It seals the deal. It seals yeah. the deal. And, I, and what I find is, is, I mean, it's so powerful. Hopefully those who are listening, you're getting a, a little bit of a download here of understanding and revelation on the purpose of tongues and the importance of it. The older I'm getting in the faith and the older I'm getting in ministry, the more I'm praying in the Holy Ghost than I am in the natural. There's just something about this, like trying, I'm trying to make it a goal, like at least an hour a day of praying in the spirit. I can be walking. It doesn't have to be in one, one moment, but throughout the day. But what I also find is when your thoughts are starting to be negative or not hope filled, it's praying in the Holy Spirit that counters those thoughts. And eventually uh, your head will catch up to your spirit and to your heart. And you're in the atmosphere that your head is man, you know, dealing with will shift because of your praying in the Holy Spirit that the atmosphere around you will change. And then your thoughts will be renewed. Your mind will be renewed according to the Bible. So then you're thinking in faith, you're believing in faith, you're speaking in faith. And sometimes because of stuff in the light in this life, you get bogged down. And that's where you just go not to your reasoning, but you go now into your spirit like you're talking about and you're praying the will of God. And the Holy Spirit is now moving through you and faith is coming back into your thinking. And so now you can think clearly. Right. And um, it's a powerful tool. I, I don't know what else. 
you know, what you're saying reminds me of the scripture that says he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then your plans will succeed. So when we're praying in the spirit, we're praying out the mind, the will and the purpose of God. And we don't know what we're praying. But as we wait on him and as we continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, whether it be for yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your region, for your nation. But eventually, if you wait on God, because it doesn't always come immediately. Sometimes it does, Pastor Walter. You know, it comes sure. like through tongues and interpretation. Right. You get a clue into the mystery that you're praying, right? Because sure. when you speak in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get a clue into that mystery. You may have an, a word in your known language. Oh, I'm praying about this. And you get an understanding. But generally speaking, we don't always know what we're praying. But eventually, what I've learned, if I devote myself, like December's my, weirdly, weirdly, December this time for 2020 is my month to devote myself to God. Because God's been speaking to me about the bride and the bridegroom. I don't know what that totally means. So I'm devoting myself in my office. That's why you got to find a, a place. Every one of us has to find a spot. It kind of, it's like when you go to the gym, you go to the gym and your mindset is, I'm going to work out. And your body's like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to work out. Your, your, your body complains, carries on, goes crazy. But then you go, your mind says to your body, you're working out. It's the same thing with prayer. It's a discipline. Like you said earlier, before we came on tonight, it's a discipline. So for December, I made a discipline. I'm going to go in my office. I'm going to shut the door and I'm going to pray in secret to my father. And you know, the Bible says my father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Right. Right. So we don't know how those rewards are going to come. We don't. But at the end of the day, we, you know, I may pray a whole week seeking God, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying scriptures, doing worship, maybe after a week. I don't know how it works. I've had it happen different ways. After about a week or maybe the first day, he'll all of a sudden cause his thoughts to become agreeable with my thoughts. And then I'll get an inkling or a revelation or I got to get my journal out. Praying people have to have a journal and I'll start writing down what he's saying. So, you know, prayer is very powerful. And Pastor Walter, it's like this. And you know this because you're experienced that, you know, we, you know, Kenneth Hagin even said it. Kennedy Hagan, right? The father of faith. Mm-hmm. He said, sometimes it's really hard following an unseen, an unseen person. Right. Right. Think about it. If Kennedy Hagan said that at the end right. of his life, I'm going, well, what's the hope for me? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's like, we're following an unseen person. Like we're, but we walk by faith and not by sight. And we have the inner witness and we have the word of God. And we have the still small voice, but that's why prayer is so important because it causes us to go into that room and into that place and get alone with God. And then when we're even in our everyday path or whatever we're doing, washing dishes, maybe you wash your car. I don't know if you do dishes. <laughs> I wash dishes, trust me. <laughs> oh, you're a good husband. You're a good husband. But, you know, suddenly you can get like a thought or an impression or an idea or a creative thought or idea. That's the Holy Ghost. And if it's consistent and it doesn't go away, it's consistent, 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 because you have to prove all things, hold fast to that, which is good. Then you know that God is speaking to you. But it may not come 
when you're sitting in your office praying, um, you know, you're praying, praying, praying. Sometimes we got to get out of the intensity, get into this rest. Into the natural, yeah. yeah. Well, I think what you're saying is you're depositing. Like I find that intensity moments, a lot of times you're depositing seed. And sometimes that seed is not manifesting immediately, but it's going to happen. And, and God is so mysterious in that way that it'll be done in times when your mind is not even there. And then all of a sudden, things that you've been praying about or things that you've been thinking about, then he starts speaking about it. It's like, but it's not the opportune time in which you thought it should happen. And, right. And I think what you're talking about is prayer recalibrates us to our, our, our original design, which is we're spirit beings in a soul having a soul in a human body. And we're so reversed because of the world that we're so focused on the natural body with the soul that our spiritual relationship, spirit to spirit contact is really um, babyish at best for most Christians even. Forget the world. They don't even understand that. I mean, they connect and encounter with maybe the demonic because they're interested in supernatural things. But as believers, what does it mean to look within like you're talking about that? I think about when you say that, I think about the word meditation. That meditation is a biblical concept, meditating. What are you meditating? You're meditating from the deepest part of your soul, your spirit, connecting to the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit is not going to violate the word of God because the spirit of God is the originator of the scriptures. So when you are truly tapping into the Holy Spirit, you're tapping into the author of the word of God. And then you're learning how to live from that deepest part of who you are. And I think that's what prayer does. It brings us into that vehicle so that we can get comfortable with the origination of how God designed us first as a spirit being and him breathing on us, the Holy Spirit, so that that can become normal living. Um, the problem is, is that we like to have these things in our boxes or our quadrants and our ways of thinking. And it's not it's not black and white in that context. So. You know, for me, that's kind of how I like to explain it a little bit is you got the left brain that says everything's got to have order and administration and all that, which that's a God thing because God's got to order. The right side of the brain is very spontaneous, very much coming from a creative nature where these things are forming. And yet in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit speaks through those different types of brain. So I hope that makes sense. Oh, my God. You just said a mouthful. <laughs> I wish I'd taken notes. Well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to write several things down that you said that was so good. You know, oh my God, that was really good. You know, I, when you were saying that also, I was thinking about what Kenneth e. Hagen said, because he's my spiritual father. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, that in, in the last days, people are going to flow in the supernatural, just as natural as a bird flies in the air and a fish swims mm -hmm. in the sea. So when you enter into that realm of what you were talking about or how you explained it, which I thought was really good, if you become, you start to flow into that rhythm of the supernatural, just as natural as a bird flies in the air or a fish swims in the sea. It's just natural. And you don't even know you're doing it. You're just flowing in the rhythm of what God is you know, the Bible says he lives and moves and has, has his being in us. Mm -hmm. And we're flowing in the rhythm of that. When we align ourselves with him through prayer, studying the word and surrendering to him. Mm -hmm. So that was really good what you said. I really appreciate that. No, no, thank you for sharing. I mean, you know, folks, if you're listening out there and you're really wanting to develop a prayer life or even more, I'll even add to this. If you really feel called to intercession, mm -hmm. 
you need to get Margie's resources because she will help equip. She's a trainer. I, I kind of sense it, that you're a trainer by call. And she's training intercessors to learn how to effectively connect to release the will of God on the earth. Because that's what ultimately intercessors do. They, they are as the bridge to declare what the spirit wants to be done on the earth. So one last question regarding this before we trans. So as we're praying in the Holy Ghost, because we're talking about this, as you're learning how to get into that spot, talk to me a little bit about now, because, you know, the prayers of declaration and decrees have become more and more normalized in church life and prayer life and intercession life. How do you teach that? How do you explain that? How do you walk that out? Because after you get revelation or after you get a sense of what God wants to be released, how does that process in you as you feel like you got to release something, right? You understand my question? You mean, you meaning how do I teach people? Or yeah, like the declaration, the decree of thing. Because, you know, we can get into extreme at that. You know, not everything is a decree. Right. Not everything is yeah, a declaration. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So I'm saying that as there's excess, but I'm also saying yeah. that there is biblical. So Definitely. how do you process that? That's the question. Well, I feel like the spirit and the word, they agree. So, you know, you think about a bird. What's mm -hmm. what's more important on a bird? The left wing or the right wing? Right. You need both to fly. So we need the word of God, but we also need praying in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. So I think it's speaking the word, declaring the word. Of course, the word of God doesn't return. Of course, the word of God, we speak the word of God, we're declaring, we're decreeing. But after we've said everything we know to say, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost and pray out into that other dimension. Mm -hmm. But one thing I just want to share is what I'm learning with the rising generations is that they don't know how to pray. So one of the things that the disciples said to Jesus was, Lord, teach us to pray mm -hmm. because they saw that he had results in his ministry. He had miracles, signs, wonders. He was prophetic. He cast out devils. He had an ease about his life in, the, in, in his personal life as well as his ministry. And I, the secret to his success was really his prayer life. He had intimacy with the Father. And what I'm learning, Pastor Walter, and you're a pastor, and you're also an apostolic leader, is that I feel like we need to teach by both precept and example. So I'm learning because I have several churches that I am associated with, and I'm helping them to um, build their prayer ministries and so on and so forth. I'm learning that I can't just get up there and teach the Bible, that left wing. I got to right wing show them by example mm -hmm. so i gotta get up there and show them how i pray mm -hmm. lord mm -hmm. teach us to pray yeah the word of god but show us how to pray right. and i think the showing part is the part that we as leaders need to really start to demonstrate to our people to our churches not even to our churches but some of the up-and-coming rising leaders and you as an apostolic leader probably understand that a lot of even the leaders that are coming up, they don't know how to pray. Right. They don't understand like tr all true ministry is born out of intimacy with God. Well, how do you develop that? It's not sitting at a table developing a sermon. That would be, um, who is Leonard Ravenhill 101. Mm -hmm. He goes, you could be like, he said, pulpit ministry. You could show off prayer, personal time. There is no showing off. So it's not about developing a sermon and making it all perfect and delivering to the people. It's what you do in private 
all true ministry is born out of intimacy with Jesus. So I feel like even the rising leaders, they need to learn how to pray, not just through precept, teaching them, but by example. Mm-hmm. Like we were, I was in a conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma, actually where I went to Bible school. I hadn't been back there in 40 something years. It was so interesting. But people were actually crying in the presence of God, real men, true men, men of God, crying in the presence mm. of God. You know, like, I mean, come on. Like, that's what we need. We need men and women who are yielded to God, yielded to the Holy Spirit, that aren't afraid to be open and receptive to saying yes to God, no matter what it means and however it means. Mm. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, and so in your travels, what are you seeing like in the churches you're ministering in? Like, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before the broadcast here just offline about the younger generation needing an encounter. Like what is if you can name your number one prayer point or concern for this generation in the time we live in right now? What would it be? And what would be something that's strongly burdened in your heart? I think as mothers and fathers in the natural and mothers and fathers in the faith and as mentors, we need to really pray that God, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, that God opens up the eyes of the hearts and the understanding of this rising generations, the Z's, the millennials, that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of what? In the Mm. knowledge of him, Mm. his heart. Um, And also pray that they would have a revelation of the love of God. You know, perfect love, Pastor Walter, casts out fear. And the rising generations, and I know you see it because you're a pastor, you know, the rising generations, they are riddled with anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's all I hear. Because I hear it because I'm surrounded by young millennials all the time. And they're riddled with anxieties and fears and all this stuff. But if they have a revelation of the love of God, it'll cast out the fear. And I think we need to pray more into that. It's a simple prayer. And it's the kind of prayer you could pray over intercession. You could pray it over and over and over and over. Father, open up the eyes of their understanding. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that they would understand your heart, your ways, how you, your word, you know, the entrance of your word brings light. And then you pray, Mm -hmm. Lord, I also pray that they would younger generation, that they are children, they would have an understanding of your heart with regards to your love, the perfect love of God, the height, the depth, the breadth, the length. Pray that prayer. If you're a parent and you're listening to this and you have a child that's dealing with insecurity or eating disorders or drug addictions, anything, pray, put their, their name in the Ephesians 3, the Ephesians 1 prayer. You could literally take that Holy Spirit inspired prayer, put their name in there, and pray it out for them. Well, what's it going to do? Many things. Number one, prayer opens up the door for God to work. Yeah. We have not because we ask not. If you don't pray, you're not going to see God move. Sorry, that's just how it works in the laws of the spirit. Yeah. Because Adam and Eve sold out to the enemy. Satan is the God of this world. Now through <laughs> Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, all power, all authority has been given Back to the church. Now That's you right. might, you therefore use my name. That's so right. you pray and you ask. You believe and you receive on their behalf. And you keep praying. Don't stop praying. Bible says in Luke 18, when men ought to always pray and not faint. Don't faint if you don't see visible results. 
As a matter of fact, sometimes things get worse before they get better. Good. Yep. Why? Because the devil doesn't want to leave. The devil doesn't want to give up the stronghold. No, no, no. The devil's going, no, 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 no. But you say, yes, 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 yes. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to put up the hedge. And no, devil, no. So prayer opens up the door for God to work. And, and that's why we've got to do what we're doing. Just have to keep doing it, not stop. Yeah. No, I hear you. That's the hard part for people because especially the younger generation, you know, a lot of them that we're living in an instant society, just the, the rate of, of the acceleration of life, the globalism, the technology, everything is quick, easy, fast. So some of these ancient paths that Jeremiah would say of disciplines of prayer, prevailing prayer, enduring prayer is very difficult for that concept to have. And if we don't have it right away, well, we're just going to turn to something else. And, uh, and so yeah, my heart is the same as yours. We're praying for that revelation, that encounter, that the Holy Spirit in one moment can literally flip the switch. And that love, that love that you're talking about could, could convict them. And the point is the best way, the great, I mean, what I've learned over the years is that the greatest tool of discipleship is passion. And when you are passionately in love with Jesus, when you have first love for Jesus, you're naturally going to want to obey him because love is the best. And um, if it comes out of striving, comes out of working, it comes out of, it, it may happen for a little while, but eventually it'll wear thin. And that's the whole thing, tying back to our initial conversation with prayer. When prayer is the focal point of your life, it's the fuel to your life, then you keep that refreshing presence of God active and uh, obedience becomes a lot easier because you're like, okay, Lord, I'm in love with you. Thank you. I will obey. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Any final thoughts? I just think, like you said earlier, like prayer is a discipline. So it's just like working out, you know, I mean, you know, you want to stay in shape. You want to keep working out. You may take some time off if you've had things going on in your life. But at the end of the day, you know what you want to look like. You know what you want to feel like. The same thing holds true, Pastor Walter, in the spirit. You know what you want to feel like. You know what you want to look like. You know what you want to be for God. and prayer is that avenue whereby you said you build your spiritual muscle and sometimes just like when we go into the gym we don't yeah. like lately to, i had to take kind of two months off because i had my cataract surgery and you know it's just like i went back into the gym all of a sudden i'm like am i really like that week i said to my trainer that week you're good you'll be fine but it's just like I had to recalibrate and redo the same amount of weight, but I felt much weaker. But I know like in a week, I'll be stronger. It's the same thing in the spirit. You know, mm -hmm. it's just once you've had that encounter and once you felt good, once you felt the presence of God, once you've been there, done that, you don't, you're like, you're like you're ruined for life. I know. Right? I know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, listen, there's seasons, but at the end of the day, you can't deny what you've experienced. And that's the prayer that every person listening would have that experience. Um, and a lot of times, you know, for me, I define it as a born again, again experience where it, it will mark you. And once you've been marked, um, it's really difficult to like take the blind, the blindfolds have been taken off. You see, it's like, okay, what do I do with this? Right. Right. And in the heart of every man, every woman, every child, there is a hunger for God. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, you can't get away from it. And it's just knowing how to, what do I do with this hunger? 
how do I meet this hunger? It's really, it comes through prayer, devotional time with him, ministry in the word and going to church. Yes. You know, some people are turned off to go by going to church because they've seen bad things. Well, not everybody's bad. <laughs> There's actually good people out there, good leaders out there, good churches out there, good mentors out there. We just need to find our people and stick with them. Yeah, and, I, and again, I think even with that, because, you know, we've been around this, there's plenty of people who have church hurt and all that. But again, I think if you go back to that secret place, Jesus will lead you and say, you know what, you need to go deal with these things. And, and what I have for you will be a part of a body, be part of a fellowship. Totally. That's his order. Totally. And again, you, you may refrain to like it, but if you're back in that secret place of intimacy, the Holy Spirit will eventually lead you to that place. Totally. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's like, okay, what is Jesus telling you? You know, <laughs> it's, it's quite simple, but yet it's so <laughs> difficult at times, you know. Totally. So, it's like today I made a, uh, I did a, a notebook. I did a, what's it called? A voice note mm -hmm. on the love of God. And I did it in my own voice. I did the love of God. I did the fruit of the spirit and some other things because, you know, yeah, we've all been hurt. We've all been there, done that, but just go back to what the scripture said. I am patient. I am kind. I forgive. I, this, I, that you just got to clean. The Bible says you are clean through the word I've spoken unto you. Sure. And it's just keeping your heart, right. Maintaining like the freshness with God. And no matter what's going on around you, keep your focus. Mm. And that's Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. People will fail you. People will do stupid things. But at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. And he said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I love you with an everlasting love. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to reject you. And I think all believers need to remember that it's not about man. It's about God. He's the one that we need awesome. to look to. That's awesome. Well, listen, everybody, thanks for joining us. What I want to do is just spend a couple moments in prayer. I know this is a mother in the prayer movement, a mother in the faith. So I just want to give a couple moments and just, Margie, if you want to lead out, we can pray in the spirit for a moment and just let the Lord use you to, to pray and prophesy over the broadcast, however the Lord leads you. And uh, let's just spend the next, I don't know, a couple moments or something and just let the Holy Spirit breathe. And as we've been teaching and sharing on this, let's just demonstrate this a little bit because I know. You're an advocate of this. And so, uh, so, you know, so let's just give a couple moments. So, Father, thank you. We're going to pray right now. If you're listening and you have a Holy Spirit language, we're going to ask you to pray in the Spirit for the next 30 to 60 seconds. And as we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're going to let the Lord use our dear sister and minister of the gospel to share in Jesus' name. So, thank you, Lord. Let's pray the Holy Ghost together. I have something on my heart. I'd like to pray for you, those of you that are listening, those of you that are listening to the replay. Let's just pray for a second and for a few seconds in the Holy Ghost. Just stir up the gift of God, stir up your prayer language. Father God, I just thank you that there is no time and no distance in the spirit. I thank you, Father, for every single person that is listening to this broadcast under the sound of our voices. And I pray, Father, that today, tonight, whenever they are listening, 
that Lord Psalms 92:10 that you Holy Spirit of God would anoint them with fresh oil even as Pastor Walter said that they would have a fresh there it is just receive it encounter with you I pray that there would be an awakening in their spirit I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be open and enlightened. I pray that the listeners would have a revelation of your heart, the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of your heart, which is love. Father God, we're asking for an acceleration. Pastor and I are asking for an acceleration for every person that is listening under the sound of our voice. Though we're absent in the flesh, we are present with them in the spirit. So, Father, we're asking for fresh oil, fresh awakening, fresh revelation. And I thank you, Father, even as Jesus said when he was at the tomb of Lazarus, I thank you that you hear me and that you hear me always when I pray. So, Father, I thank you that it is done, that you are doing this for your people, your children who are called by your name, who have a hunger and a thirst for you. I thank you that your word says, they will be satisfied. So we bless them and we thank you, Father, for what you have done through this broadcast, through Pastor Walter, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.